Today, our readings. Our first reading is one of my favorite passages. It's from Isaiah, talking about the Lord coming and the lame will dance, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the desert will bloom with flowing rivers. And our gospel is about that happening, about Jesus healing a man who is deaf and mute. And so we're sort of in that new era, and our second reading from James talks about what we are to do now that the Lord has come. Contrary to popular belief, the Mayans do not believe that the world is going to end in 2012. The Mayans just have a very long calendar that completes one of its 5,125-year cycles later this year. When I was in Guatemala last summer, I talked with some people of Mayan descent. They are confident that the sun will rise on December 22nd as the first day of their next calendar cycle. It is unlikely that December 21st will be the end of the world. However, I know people here in the United States who speak as if the end of the world may come 45 days sooner. Some think that the world will end if Barack Obama is re-elected. Other people think that the world will end if he's not re-elected. Or maybe you're more like me, worried that no matter who is elected, our political leaders seem unable to cooperate on even the simplest day-to-day operations of running the government. And it seems virtually impossible for them to conduct reasonable conversations about some truly complicated, vexing problems facing us right now. So whether you're a conservative, a liberal, a moderate, or a believer in the hype about the Mayan calendar, you may be experiencing a sense of impending doom this fall. Well, we're not the first people to feel that way. Think of the nation of ancient Israel. They experienced a brief golden era for about 80 years during the reigns of David and Solomon 3,000 years ago. But then they experienced a fractioning of the country, followed by a slow decline, destruction, exile, and domination by foreign powers. Just like us, they experienced long droughts, although there was no debate about global warming back then. And yet God spoke these words to the people through the prophet Isaiah. Say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes with vindication, with divine recompense. He comes to save you. But there's a difference between us and the ancient Israelites. We believe that the Lord has already come to save us. Jesus' earthly ministry has moved us into a new era. As we like to say, the kingdom of God is already, but not yet, here. The blind regain their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And yet, politically, we're in a bleak time. Because of a multitude of forces, our election process produces candidates who seem more extreme than most of the general population. Over time, due to what we see in the media, we have become accustomed to people on both sides of the aisle resorting to scorched earth politics. 
And sadly, we as a people are slowly forgetting how to have meaningful conversations about the issues. We are losing the ability to listen to people who have ideas and opinions that are different from our own. There are very few times in the Gospels where the evangelists report the words of Jesus in the original Aramaic. But today is one of them. Jesus uses the command, Ephatha, or be opened. This word is so important to us Catholics. Before we bring someone into the church through baptism, whether that person is an infant or an adult, we anoint them with the oil of the catechumens and pray, Ephatha, that they be opened. I'm pretty sure that Ephatha is the only Aramaic word used in the Roman Catholic liturgy today. The new bishop of Des Moines, Iowa, Richard Pates, wrote a great article in America Magazine last month that names the realities of the current political situation. Both the Republican and Democratic platforms contain substantial planks that are in opposition to Catholic teaching. I hate to break it to those of you who are voting in your first election this fall, but there is often a sense of having to hold one's nose when voting. A vote for almost any candidate requires us to abandon certain Catholic values in order to preserve others. The Catholic Church is clear, however. We are each obligated to participate in the political process. Sitting on the sidelines is not an option. We must work to make our world a place that carries out God's justice, mercy, peace, and love. But it's tough. There is so much money in politics that it seems impossible for any of us to have an impact. How can we find a voice? How can we make anyone hear our concerns? Once we've made up our minds that one party or the other is closer to our ideals, there's a temptation to support that party at all costs, rather than to work to support all Christian ideals, whether or not those ideals are supported by the party we've chosen. When each of us were baptized, where we were commanded, Ephatha, to be open. But open to what? Open to listening to God's word. Open to the saving power of the gospel. Open to having the Holy Spirit work through us. Open to really listening to people who disagree with us. Open to having meaningful dialogue about the challenges facing us as a people. Bishop Pates points out something rather remarkable. Catholics hold more political power in this country now than at any other moment in U.S. history. Catholics make up 29% of Congress. Catholics hold 17 of the 50 state governorships and 6 of 9 seats on the Supreme Court. And since Pates wrote his article last month, both major political parties have nominated a Catholic as their vice presidential candidate. Despite the rhetoric right now, politics does not need to be a zero-sum game. God, the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself. As we engage in politics we can serve as agents of reconciliation. What do we want? Respectful discourse. When do we want it? 
Now would be agreeable to me, but I am interested in your opinion. <laughs> Ephatha. Be open. This fall and for the rest of our lives, let us be open to the possibilities. And like the people who witnessed the curing of the deaf man, may we never stop proclaiming God's reconciling message.